Hi, and welcome to our Learn to Meditate audio series. We want you to know that we are very honoured that you are taking the time to listen to these classes. We know your time is precious, and we want to offer you our deepest gratitude and respect presenting these classes to you. The Evolving Thought To summarize some of the issues we have discussed over the course of the classes, we could begin by speaking of the way we are conditioned in our society to search externally for love, love and learning. Happiness is space and time-bound. I will be happy when something happens. Love is outward. When I find someone, then I will begin to love. We even deal with trauma outwardly. I am feeling bad. Let's go shopping. Feeling sick. Put on the TV. Grieving. Do something. Go somewhere to forget about my grief. We are even taught to search for our sense of self outside of ourselves. Constructing who we are. By the job we do. Or the career aspirations we have. Or the clothes we wear or the people we associate with, or even where I might fit in my family tree. We ask the world to acknowledge and value us before we will acknowledge and value ourselves. How many people work so hard, 50, 70, 100 hours a week, so that they can have things that will make people say, wow, look at him, he has so many things. Our things do not and cannot define us, no matter how hard we try. If I wear Nikes and drive a Range Rover does not necessarily mean I am successful, nor if I ride a skateboard and dye my hair and go surfing mean I am cool. These are just things. Clarity is realizing that everything is for a reason, red, white, brown, male, female, we are here with a fantastic gift. Everything is a gift. Thrive on whatever comes. Even if it's tragic, it is a lesson. And if it's magic, it's a lesson. They are all gifts. Nothing happens without a reason. From the moment we are born... Hi, and welcome to our Learn to Meditate audio series. We want you to know that we are very honoured that you are taking the time to listen to these classes. We know your time is precious and we want to offer you our deepest gratitude and respect presenting these classes to you. The Evolving Thought to summarize some of the issues we have discussed over the course of the classes, we could begin by speaking of the way we are conditioned in our society to search externally for love, love and learning. Happiness is space and time-bound. I will be happy when something happens. Love is outward. When I find someone, then I will begin to love. We even deal with trauma outwardly. 
I am feeling bad. Let's go shopping. Feeling sick. Put on the TV. Grieving. Do something. Go somewhere to forget about my grief. We are even taught to search for our sense of self outside of ourselves. Constructing who we are by the job we do or the career aspirations we have or the clothes we wear or the people we associate with or even where I might fit in my family tree. We ask the world to acknowledge and value us before we will acknowledge and value ourselves. How many people work so hard, 50, 70, 100 hours a week, so that they can have things that will make people say, wow, look at him, he has so many things. Our things do not and cannot define us, no matter how hard we try. If I wear Nikes and drive a Range Rover does not necessarily mean I am successful nor if I ride a skateboard and dye my hair and go surfing mean I am cool. These are just things. Clarity is realizing that everything is for a reason. Red, white, brown, male, female. We are here with a fantastic gift. Everything is a gift. Thrive on whatever comes. Even if it's tragic, it is a lesson. And if it's magic, it's a lesson. They are all gifts. Nothing happens without a reason. From the moment we are born, the process of limiting us begins. We define freedom in terms of being free of some of the things that bind us. Our wealth and material possessions, work, even the day-to-day -day family responsibility. We hear frequencies from 20 to 20,000 kilohertz and call it sound. We see the spectrum between infrared and ultraviolet and call it light. We touch something with our fingers and we say it has been felt. We don't believe in reality beyond those ranges and we are actively conditioned not to. But put plugs in our ears so we cannot hear and notice what happens. The other senses compensate. They become super senses, so powerful that we almost feel that we do not need the sense that we have lost. What if I were to tell you that you had another sense that you had invisibly kept, that by entering into this world with all its conditioning, it has forced you to close that sense? That for thousands of years, all the world's greatest philosophies had spoken of this sense as central to the fulfillment and meaning in our lives. All of our other senses have tried to compensate, but your heart is so central to your perception of freedom and love and peace and fulfillment that all of us are left feeling hollow and lost and as though there is something very basic that we do not understand. You cannot be a spiritual person by just having the intention. You have to have intention and live it. Do the practice and empower yourself to live the messages of our soul. Real unconditional love is realizing that every starving mother and starving child is your mother, your child. 
that anyone that hurts, that you hurt, that anything that is harmed, you are harmed. Real love is infinitely larger than romance. It speaks of the connection with the force that runs through us all. If your life doesn't feel like this, then you've got some wonderful things waiting for you. A wonderful, exciting journey ahead. Thoughts don't finish their journey until they become love. The jury emphasizes the importance of simplicity and purity. The fewer thoughts we have, the more positively they are selected, the more mindful we are not to allow the birth of negative thoughts, the less we are weighted down by the responsibility of carrying a multitude of naughty children through to their final evolution. The upshot is that we reach a state where we do not think thoughts at all. We actually are able to directly intuit the truth and wisdom within each of us. So what to do? There are a number of important conclusions. First, we must accept all of our children, good or bad, and love them equally. Look yourself in the mirror and accept and love all the constructors of your present state of mind. Remember that love is the most powerful evolver of any wayward child. Second, just like a naughty child, sometimes it is necessary to firmly correct undisciplined behavior, so don't be afraid to gently but firmly offer love and guidance to aspects of your present state of mind. Thirdly, create an inspiring environment for your state of mind, being considerate of the sorts of children you allow your thoughts to hang around with and the situations you place yourself in. Finally, remember that the consciousness you are evolving to is one of direct intuition, a place where your state of mind is constantly empowered by the infinite love, peace and truth of the heaven within you. This consciousness you reach often in meditation, so practice it as often as you can and more importantly, practice staying there. A true story. Kill him! The old lady sobbed hysterically. Kill him! The man pushed the young warrior to the ground and forced him toward the chief of the tribe. Kill him! Kill him! The mob yelled. The chief reached out to the old lady, his wife, and pulled her sobbing, grief-striking eyes to his chest. The capturer of the young warrior, the chief's son, stepped forward. Father, this is the warrior that has killed my brother. We must kill him. The crowd surrounding the scene grew more frantic. Kill him, they cried over and over. Drums were beating to the rhythm of their cans. The young warrior lay on the ground but was defiant, seemingly never giving up. The old chief stepped forward and the noise grew in anticipation. Will killing him with our children? He whispered, his eyes steady. But few heard him, so he spoke again, this time directly to the loudest of the crowd. Will killing him will return my boy to us? The crowd became quieter. Will killing him make the sunrise any sooner? The daughter of the chief, 
A beautiful young girl then ran to the warrior, the murderer of her brother, and pulling the knife from his hand, she yelled, Father, this is the knife that killed your son. This is the blood of my brother, and this is the animal that has committed this crime. You are a coward if he is not killed right now. She raised the knife high above her head, ready to plunge it into the captive warrior. But the chief caught her hand easily in his powerful grip and held it there. He whispered even more quietly, We'll kill him, save your brother. And everything went quiet and still. Then there was a tiny squeak of a voice. No, said the old lady. No, it won't, she repeated. A murmur rolled around the crowd. No, they repeated. The drums stopped and everyone listened as the old man pulled his wife and daughter and son to his chest. This matter needs careful consideration. I would like to contemplate this overnight and explain my decision to you all at sunrise. The next day, the chief called the tribe and the captive warrior to him. He had considered the matter carefully, and had also discovered that the captive warrior's parents had long ago been killed. He spoke deliberately. You see that teepee up there? That was my son's. Those horses, his as well. They are yours now. You will be my son. You will replace the son that you have killed. The warrior looked up, confused. The chief looked at him gently and smiled. The warrior's eyes filled with tears. Brown Bear went on to become a most devoted son and actually saved the lives of both his new brother and the newborn child of his sister in other battles. The chief was wise. He did not want to carry the burden of hate with him, and his forgiveness freed him and his family from carrying that heavy baggage. He forgave not because he had to. It would have been far easier to kill him, but because he knew that it was the wisest thing to do. We need this kind of forgiveness of others, but most importantly of ourselves. We must be comfortable with ourselves. We must be able to look into a mirror and accept every part of ourselves. This acceptance is the start of love. Prepare for your meditation as usual. And for this exercise you'll need a leaf. Pick it up and place it in the palm of your hand. Look at how perfect it is. If it's decaying, watch how other little lives are beginning. The bacteria and insects that it is feeding. the circle of nature continues, how death creates life. Put all your attention on that little leaf. 
imagine how it was born. A tiny unfurling beauty that sparkled in the sun. How it strove for the light reaching up through the forest canopy and fluttered in the wind. Then one day it had grown old and was losing its hold in the branch that had carried it, its family. The tree that had sustained it began to direct its nutrients to other newer leaves. Gradually, its hold became weaker and weaker, until finally it had to let go. And it fell and floated to the earth to feed the very tree that gave it life. In its death, Contemplate that perfect balance for a few moments. The perfect balance of sun, wind and water that the leaf had thrived and lived and died in. And then realize that as you contemplate this leaf, this forest, Millions of leaves, millions of perfectly balanced, evolving little lives. Of perfectly circular motions of nature. exactly the same journey. Rejoice and realize that heaven is here now.
audio series. We want you to know that we are very honoured that you are taking the time to listen to these classes. We know your time is precious and we want to offer you our deepest gratitude and respect presenting these classes to you. The Evolving Thoughts.